Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon. I'm here with a champion wrestler, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. So, Father Len, we just observed the 19th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist acts here in our country. It's hard to believe it's been 19 years. Um, there were lots of really moving celebrations of the lives of the victims and the heroes of these attacks. Interestingly, though, one of the most powerful and meaningful remembrances, for me anyway, Father Len, was your 9-11 memorial tradition. And I'd love to share it uh, with our listeners, uh, this tradition of yours, um, you know, how it came to be and, and why it came to be, if you don't mind. Yeah. So the tradition is, I'm kind of weird, but... You've said I, that it, many times, Father Len. Trust, tr- trust me, I have the test to prove it. But on 9-11, I just think it's a great time to reflect. So you have all these telephone calls that people made before they died, stories that just I find incredibly moving, where you only have a few minutes to live, and people would call and text the ones they loved. And it's really moving for me to read those last-minute calls where – Somebody calls and says, you know, I, I, you know it always goes to voicemail because for some reason, those we have, it'll say, honey, I just wanted to tell you that building's on fire. I love you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. I love you so much. Tell the children I love them so much. Tell your parents that I love them. And you read these and they just strike at your heart. Uh, one guy says to his wife, I want you to go on to have a good life. Children, your parents, I want you to you know, enjoy life. As he tells her that he's about to die and how much he loves her, and then he says, I'll see you again. And then that's it. It's just absolutely amazing. And yeah, as I said, you know, the last minutes, these people, they're not saying, honey, be Spend the rest of your life bitter because you were cheated on something. You know, yeah, they might have lost the one they love, but there's no sense of bitterness or anger or please, honey, remain unforgiven about this. Uh, it's just these great closing prayers to a life. And then yeah. many of those people, I, I just think this is amazing. Well, Rather you know- than die alone, they actually held hands with somebody because and wanted to die together. And so as they jump from the building, they're holding somebody else. And it's just so human and speaks of our connection. And it really sifts out what's most important in life and what are the things you just need to throw away. You know, as you read some of those, as we talked about it, it really got me thinking about, and this might be kind of weird too, the meaning of death and and thinking about death and funerals and and what they say uh, and and the meaning in our lives. And and so that kind of inspired what we're going to grapple with today, Father Lynn, on the Wrestling with God show. So why do we do funerals? What, why do we have funerals? And what can they teach us about death and life and living together? Oh, that's a great question. So I think funerals make us better human beings. 
I really do. It, there's something human about it. And I'll take it from the opposite. Like there's some people who say, oh, no, I don't believe in funerals. I want it to be a celebration of life. And I remember once had that problem where it was this divorced parents. They were divorced and the kid had died. And the kid was, I think he was like 14, died of cancer. Great, great, great kid. And the father, who was Catholic, wanted a funeral. And the mother absolutely did not want a funeral. She wanted, quote unquote, a celebration of life. The question is, well, how do you celebrate somebody's life? And she wanted to have a big party with all these 14-year-old kids who would party and play games, which to me just sounded a lot like an avoidance of truth, hmm. especially for 14-year-olds. You want 14-year-olds to play in memory of somebody else. Or I've had funerals where, and I won't do it anymore, but I've had funerals where they want a non-religious funeral at some other place. And it's always the same stuff of... Um, talking about the person and then showing pictures and it's just raw and harsh because you have all these pictures of the loved one that you're going to miss. And it's not really even a celebration at that point. Um, it's not a truth, but a type of avoidance that just makes it so obvious that you are alone. You are alone. You are alone. I think a funeral in the good sense uh, is incredibly healthy. And just back to the bad sense, there's a comedian, Gary Shandler, who's... Um, Shandling, I think is his name, Shandling. Gary Shandling. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds... But he, he tells the story how what was really hard on him growing up was that he lost his older brother. And because the parents didn't want to traumatize him further, didn't allow him to go to the funeral. And he said, that's the thing that screwed me up. Not going to the funeral screwed me up. Everybody else had this sense of closure and meaning, and I was supposed to just ignore. I lost my older brother. So really, funerals make us better people. And Stephen Colbert, another comedian, uh, he also suffered from this horrible tragedy where he lost his father and I think two brothers to a tragic accident. And his mother's example of looking at it from the light of eternity, he said, gave him another view on what's important in life. His mother had him actually go to this Catholic funeral and mourn the proper way. And he says, you know, after that, all reality looks slightly different. And even though he's a successful comedian, he teaches religious education to the kids in his parish. And funerals give us perspective on what's important in life. It makes us better human beings. We inherit something great. Funerals keep our eyes on the prize of what's most important and enduring in life. Give us, a lot of that is connection. Give us some examples there, Father Lynn. Uh, you talked about mourning in the proper way. Uh, give us some examples of what you're talking about there. Well, okay, the example of connection. So, you know, if you ever have a Basque funeral, they all show up. It's going to be big and everybody shows up because there's this underlying belief that if you don't go to their funeral, they won't go to yours. And <laughs> there's this sense that you have to show up, that they're in this together as a community. In good times and bad times, they are connected and united. And connected and united, we can, as a species, survive anything. Our great gift as a species is our unity. Together, we can comp 
conquer everything, even the harsh losses of life. And so it underlines community. It underlines the values of of just what's important in life. Not what you worked on the most, but what's most valuable. Like people as they're, you know, about to die in 9-11, the telephone calls, they weren't saying, honey, please remember uh, my latest promotion or, you know, (laughs) my paycheck and how much I, like it was love and values that really tests the crucible of time. Not this silly thing. Or even the Kobe Bryant funeral. With the Kobe Bryant funeral, Kobe Bryant actually had gone to mass that day. Uh, they didn't highlight this, but he was a devout Catholic. And he wasn't just honored because he was a great basketball player. He was honored because he was a great man. Or this one, <clears throat> I had this one funeral and this father who really loved uh, his dad, um, his children, it was the grandfather who died. And the son comes up to me afterwards and says how important that funeral was because he wants to now be that kind of dad to his three boys. That, uh, that was most important. And suddenly everything came into focus. It was harsh. It was mourning. But it was also filled with a lot of love and joy. And that's what he's going to pass on to his kids. Well, you know, you talked about the Kobe Bryant funeral Uh I follow a guy on Twitter who had this really stunning reaction that I thought put a lot of this in perspective and the power of funerals. Um, He said, I wish I had known what a good guy he was before yesterday. This is after the funeral. There's something about death that makes us wise. We suddenly become high-minded, forgiving, and focused on the best in people. How can we do better at seeing living people through the eulogy lens is the question he asked. Why, how, how can we see, see people through that eulogy lens? And I got to thinking, you know, I eulogize both of my parents, neither of my, my brother, my, my siblings, you know, just didn't have it in them to be able to do it. And it caused me to really uh, review my life with my parents and really focus on all of the great stuff that they gave me. Um, My dad was an extremely difficult person to live with, but in reviewing his life and eulogizing him, it caused me to really celebrate uh, what I loved about him and what he taught me. And it, it just was a very positive kind of thing. You know, I, I noticed the same thing. I do, obviously, a lot of funerals for my parishioners. And I, I'm weird. I actually pray that I'll fall in love with my parishioners. I really do. But so often the same thing happens to me, that I celebrate somebody's funeral, and you learn the texture and ups and downs of their life. And most people on the outside, their lives look very boring. But inside, everybody has fought a great battle and even despite their faults, everybody has these faults and brokenness. I, some of these funerals, they're just incredibly rich, deep people. And I often think, God, I wish I would have known more about them when they exactly. died. Everybody looks a little boring on the outside, but you find out you know, what they were battling and what they were, where they came from and what they tried to do. And there's this incredible sense of honor at m- most of my funerals. I just... 
I love these people. And not only just honoring the good, but this sounds kind of strange, recognizing the brokenness you find at the, the funeral too. And yeah, even I d- the brokenness, you I have def- to learn how to forgive. Yep, I, I definitely uh, wove that into the eulogies, but in a really loving way. Yeah, it's like it's not blame, but it is kind of this powerful forgiving moment as well. And even like years ago, my grandmother died. And my mother, who's a very devout Catholic, um, she does this weird thing where she loves Stations of the Cross. So she came up with Stations of the Cross. She wrote her own Stations of the Cross to forgive her mother, which struck me as really strange because my grandmother worshipped my mother. Uh, She loved my mom. And it's like, well, what do, you, what do you have to forgive your mother for? She, she loved you. And my mother said, you know, every parent fails in some way. No parent is perfect, including my mother. And I've got to forgive my mother's for, the, for my mother for the things that she just did not do well. So, Father Len, for listeners who aren't Catholic or unfamiliar with the Stations of the Cross, can you give us a, kind of a sense of what that is? Yes. Thank you. I should clarify that. You so should. the stations <laughs> the stations of the cross are retracing the steps of Jesus' passion of being you know, being judged, scourged, carrying the cross, dying, being put in the tomb. And it's actually an ancient practice. We know ancient Christians usually uh during Lent and they would retrace the steps of Christ. And the idea is not retracing the past, but making the past live today. Like, how am I now, like Christ, carrying my cross and dying to myself? And it's a great reflection. And I've, I've remember once uh, in this in Idaho Falls, we had the Catholic school kids write the reflections. Like each class had to write a reflection, and then we just chose one, and and we just chose one of the kids for one of the stations, one of their reflections, and. It was really touching because like uh, the scourging, one child wrote, when I hear, and you didn't know which child wrote him because we mix that up. When I hear my parents fighting, I feel like Christ tied to a pole suffering. Oh, or, my. I know. And you immediately I could see in the assembly parents look at each other <laughs> or one person, one kid wrote that when Christ is being stripped of his garments, he said, I know what it's like to be stripped of things that are important. I lost my grandmother this year and she was the most important person in my life. And it was like, good job on those reflections. So my mother was just making the stations of the cross about her relationship with her mother so that her, my grandmother was a good person and a good mother, but every parent fails in some way. No parent is perfect. And my mother said, I love my mom. She said, and I hope when I die, you're able to forgive the ways in which I failed you as a mother. And then I started thinking, oh, yeah, it says I started noticing a lot more faults in my mother. <laughs> but they're faults that endeared me to her. Yes, they're faults and problems. But you actually begin to love and forgive their faults. None of them are cruel or vicious. They're just faults. So funerals, they give you value what's important. They show you, they hand on this inheritance of love and they free you with some forgiveness. And like uh, for Catholics, it's kind of strange because ritually 
we start life off as, in a baptism, but technically a baptism is a funeral. And a funeral, a Catholic funeral, is really a celebration of a new type of birth. It's kind of like this example in World War II where Japanese kamikaze fighters, they would have their funeral before they were sent out on mission. Their families would gather, gather together, have a funeral, so that after that, they're free to completely give their lives in this battle. Baptism celebrates the, no, no, we, we've died to our old self, and now we're completely free to live. I have no fear of death already because I've died. And when any, any child is born, there's always blood and water, which always makes you think, wow, there's still water at birth. And so at a funeral, the body goes through water one more time. Is this idea that ah, they're getting born into heaven. So a funeral is like a new birth. And so the two main rituals of, for the baptismal font is always baptism and funerals. And every time you enter a church, you dip your hand in the holy water font that, yeah, you're moving a little bit closer to death. And I've never sort of, thought of it that way. Yeah, so, like the, the last time that fu- a holy water font is going to be used is at your funeral, which is pretty amazing. And yearly, yearly at Lent, we reenact death, Christ's death. Uh, on Good Friday, everybody in the church either kneels or prostrate. And the reason why you remain prostrated it symbolizes you in the grave or when the priest gets ordained or a nun takes vows or a monk, you prostrate yourselves in the sense that you've died. This is your funeral. And when you rise, you make vows to a new life and the rest of your life is dying well. So Catholics have this backwards way of looking that ah, actually we celebrate our death (laughs) uh, at the beginning and then we celebrate our new birth at the end of our at life. the end and so like there's this freedom and not only that but not only uh the freedom of passing on really important values from one generation to the next but also funerals are very human like even all life is we have evidence from paleolithic times people had funerals in Neolithic times. Well, they have these very ancient, uh, I guess you'd call them kind of like statues, but they didn't, they laid them over the grave of the person and they're thousands and thousands of years old. That we know human beings had these rituals for a funeral forever. And so for people not to appreciate a funeral, I would say that goes against, you know, 10,000 years of human development. To say goodbye and remember what's most important, to mourn what you've lost and to forgive, that's incredibly human. It's, um, it, it's, it's powerful. It makes us better people. It makes I, the silly values of our life look silly. I really love this idea in that was expressed in this thing on Twitter to me, and that's this, you know, the raw, loving... Uh, emotional uh, idea of seeing people, seeing living people. I think this is something that I really can take away from this whole funeral idea is trying to see living people through this eulogy lens. 
the way that you talk about them, you think about them, and you celebrate them in a funeral. I just, I love that idea. I, I do too. I, you know, um, also at a funeral, I know this sounds kind of strange. The reason why we put the body or the cremated in re, uh, remains right in front of the altar is that they're a gift back to God. That Christ is supposed to turn our lives into a gift. And that's what we celebrate. This person's life was a gift when we offer it back. And I, I know I'm getting too much in ritual, but I love the ritual of um, reenacting the person's last moments of death, which we do at the very end of the funeral when we say goodbye. And the incense waft up, upwards. I can talk about that later. But there's something really important about saying goodbye to calling all the saints in heaven to come and welcome this person. I love that idea that now we, we give the person a good, a great goodbye. And we recognize what the gift and the inheritance of that life did for us. It makes us better people. Well, you know, I, uh, I think that that's a good place for us to kind of wrap this up. Father Lynn, uh, I, I think, you know, this whole idea of the 911 calls and talking about funerals and stuff and the importance of funerals, I, I hope this has been uh, something really good for our audience. I know it's, it's had a real effect on me. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Wrestling With God show. If you have questions or comments for us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. And click on the questions button. We also encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review the Wrestling With God show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps people discover us. And we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth and meaning and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you.